And welcome to episode four of the All About 18 Celtics Direct podcast, the Gordon Hayward edition. He has arrived. He has signed. He has wrote his Player Tribune article as of yesterday, and we are here to break it all down. Trevor, I will let you go and get your thoughts on Gordon Hayward. So I remember all along, originally, I thought that Hayward was going to stay with the Jazz. And then I pretty much never backed away from that until the day that of the actual announcement. And then we saw all these rumors pop up, like his trainer following a bunch of Celtics players and a bunch of other stuff like that. And I started to get a little like green fever, I guess. And I started to think Hayward's going to come. And then all the fake news broke or it turned out to not be fake. But then Hayward eventually decided to sign with the Celtics. So. I like the addition. I mean, it, it never hurts adding an all-star player, potential all-NBA player. So it's a huge addition for the Celtics. Yeah, for sure. It was pretty crazy yesterday. If anyone was following it, as I'm sure you guys all were, um, Chris Haynes had broken the report that he did sign with the Celtics. And a lot of other people confirmed it. And then everyone said, no, well, well, wait, wait, we haven't made a decision. And obviously it seems to turn out that they were just kind of waiting for Gordon to end up posting his Players' Tribune article, which I had said to you the, uh, the night before that I feel that that is the way it would go. Um, not that he would sign with Boston, but just that he would announce it. And it seems when guys are announcing on Players' Tribune, I mean, I know Kyle Lowry just announced that he was going home, but when it's a big decision that everyone's waiting on, it's now – Three for three that the guy ends up leaving. Well, Lowry, I mean, whether or not it was just like a mini announcement, it was still on the Players' Tribune and he was going home. So, Right, yeah, I'm not saying you're on the Players' Tribune you're leaving, but just, you know, when everyone's waiting and, oh, well, he's going to announce it at a certain time. He's going to announce it today, tomorrow. I don't know. It, it felt to me that he was at least leaving, whether he was going to Boston or Miami. But it seemed pretty clear it came down to Boston and the Jazz. The only th- and the only look- things that made me think he was going to leave were the uh, the reports that he was apparently torn over the, his decision, and then some of the other stuff like just like the basic rumors, like the trainer falling, Celtics players, and like other shit like that. So th- those were the only things that really made me think he was leaving. The fact that he waited until July fourth that didn't make me think he was going to leave, but I just thought some of the other stuff made me think that yeah for sure it was a crazy day um but most important is the impact that gordon's gonna have on this team we saw when al came in the floor spacing that he was able to create specifically for isaiah and now that you have a guy off the wing who can create his own shot who can score whether that's posting someone up with the mid-range jumper uh watching a highlight a lot of highlights today coming off screens shooting from downtown um, you know, the guy can do it all and I'm not saying he's the best shooter in the league. Obviously he's not, but he does a lot of the things well and his impact on this team. I said it before he signed, I think will be greater than Al was just because, just because he could score uh, the, the potential of 25 to 30 a night isn't outrageous. Yeah. Gordon. I mean, Gordon Hayward is perfect for the Brad Stevens system. And out in Utah, he had really good numbers, but he was playing on a, a team that played at a really slow pace. So their pace was around like 93, while the Celtics is 99. And Gordon Hayward's stats per 100 possessions was like 
33, eight and five or something like that. And there's only been like a handful or like 10 to 15 players with that kind of stat line per a hundred possessions, like the past 10 years. And there's players like LeBron, Durant, Griffin, Westbrook, like really good players. So with Hayward playing in this sort of fast pace with the Celtics, you could have a monster year. Yeah, and, you know, the end game, of course, is to win the championship. And I'm not saying Gordon gets you there because I think anyone that says that is jumping a little ahead of the game for sure. But to me, you got to get past the Cavs before you have to worry about the Warriors. And I'm not saying this gets past the Cavs, but if I'm the Cavs and you're starting to look here, now you got Gordon Hayward. You know, I know it's only summer league, but Jason Tatum's looking pretty good. More importantly to me, because he is the second year, Jalen Brown's looking pretty good. You got to start wondering, you know, if they if they're able to land a potential another big. Now, I'm not saying a huge big, but just an Im, an impactful big that will score more than six points per game, like Amir. You got to start wondering, you know, could they could they actually beat the Cavs this year? Yeah, I mean, originally I was one of the main people who were saying, "Oh, Celtics definitely aren't going to beat the Cavs with Hayward," but the Cavs have literally done nothing this offseason. They fired their GM, they made their star player unhappy, and They've just been doing nothing to sort of bridge that gap between them and Golden State. So the Celtics adding Hayward and adding Tatum makes it a lot a lot more interesting for the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm starting to think that, hey, maybe we can beat the Cavs because they're starting to sort of fall apart. And I can see team chemistry becoming an issue there. And they haven't really done anything to improve themselves or fill a need. And their needs really are that they're a terrible defensive team. And their role players like, J.R. Smith, Shumpert, whoever, they all shit the bed last year in the finals. So if they don't get guys who can at least be better role players than them, then I don't see why we can't have a shot against the Cavs. Yeah, and I don't think Cavs are improving this offseason. I mean, I, Kyle Korver's a good player. Uh, I'm not saying if he was on the Celtics, he'd be bad because he's a good three-point shooter and another guy that could space the floor a bit. But you got $22 million, uh over three years. Seems like a little bit of an overpayment. I know I know guys get overpaid nowadays. Um, as we just saw with Dion Waiters with four and fifty-four. But look, I, I think the Cavs know that the end the end is near here. Um, I don't see LeBron staying at this point. I really don't. I, I think that organization is gonna be in deep, deep trouble in years to come. But no matter what, they are still gonna be troubled this year. Um, but you know, Gordon Hayward certainly makes it interesting. And I, I didn't realize how, how good defensively Gordon Hayward is. He had a defensive rating of 102. Oh no, he's it's a pretty really high good defensive player. Yeah. It's pretty high for a guy that is no, and he's known for his offense. I mean, that's what people got excited about. That's what excites me. But you know, I'm not saying he's going to lock LeBron James down because that's just stupid, but you know, can, can he lo- slow LeBron down? Can he limit LeBron? Can he, the point maybe hold LeBron to twenty. The thing about Hayward is that he's versatile on defense, and being versatile on defense is like maybe the most important thing defensively nowadays in the NBA because you need to be able to switch on to multiple positions. So, if you have a team that has multiple guys that can switch on to different positions, then it makes you very, very able to switch and rotate and close out on multiple shooters. So Hayward can he can switch on to positions like two, three, or four, which is huge. Yeah, and look, Brad and Danny Ainge loves versatility. You know, that's why I think a big part of why they took Jason Tatum. We know that's why they took 
Jalen Brown, and not just because they're versatile, they're athletic and they're and they have skill. But you know, it is positionless positionless basketball to a degree, and uh, certainly the Celtics have learned that, and they learned that quickly. And outside of Isaiah, pretty much all their guys can play more than one position. Yeah, the Celtics are definitely they're definitely creating a team that's full of wing players that can play multiple positions, like. Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Crowder, if if Crowder stays. So that's definitely something they're trying to angle at. And as we were saying about the Cavs possibly being threatened by the Celtics before, if the Celtics really, if they somehow beat LeBron or they really showed them that they can compete, like they took them six or seven games, then LeBron might consider leaving. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a better situation for LeBron elsewhere. It doesn't seem that way right now. But if he thinks there is, then he could definitely leave and when LeBron left Cleveland the first time in 2010, the Celtics beat him in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So who knows? Maybe the Celtics beat him again this year, and then that's what forces him to leave again. Yeah, I, I think the Cavs have pretty much hit their peak. Uh, I'm, and again, they could be back in the NBA Finals. They could absolutely smoke the Celtics. Um, you know, that's just LeBron. You never know. But I don't see them getting a move here in the next year or two that's all of a sudden going to put them right back into serious contention. You know, I, I just think it's the mo- the GM of LeBron is over. And, and, and that makes me excited. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That, the, that annoys me. The, the Cavs can probably still be in the finals the next few years, but I don't, I don't see them competing with the Warriors. I mean, it's just LeBron just played fucking amazing. Like I've never seen someone play that good in the finals really. So if, if that doesn't cause them to win, then, I don't know what move they can make that would. Yeah. And, you know, on this team, um, there is obviously one issue hanging over and it's a great issue to have, but it is the cap space. And I think this next move here, I think some people are going to be surprised on how big this next move is. I don't see Ainge. Basically what has to happen for those who don't know is Ainge has to move either Jay, uh, Avery Bradley, or Marcus Smart to make this contract of Gordon Hayward work, unless now there's some talks of the signing trade, and that could always change some things. But just on the surface of it, they would have to move one of those three. Um, All three are impactful players. But, you know, if you could get a big – I know some names have been thrown around, like today Chris Maddox mentioned uh, Marcus Saul. But even the – there's some free agents out there that if you could clear some space that look, Amir Johnson did not give you much of anything. I, I know a lot of people say, Oh, he's a high character guy and he's better defensively than a lot of people thought, but offensively he did absolutely nothing for you. And I think if you could get even 10 points per game out of the big, that, that could make a huge difference. Yeah. So in order to get cap space to officially sign Hayward, they have multiple ways to go with trading guys or whatnot. Yeah, apparently Danger Cart today said that uh, they can sign and trade Hayward, which would mean they would move, I think, Jackson and Rozier and release a couple guys so that they would actually have salary to to get Hayward but keep like their core rotation. So yeah. I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna pursue that, but they also they have to choose basically out of uh, Bradley, Smart and Crowder who to trade out of those three whether it be one of those guys or a package of those guys to get a better player. 
they have to trade at least one to create space. And honestly, I, Avery Bradley's the guy I want to keep the most because he's like my favorite Celtic in a while. But he honestly makes the most sense because he has the most cap out of all those guys. He makes $8 million. And he's going to be an expiring contract. And in 2018 free agency, he's going to command a lot of money. So they probably won't want to extend Avery Bradley that money because then they'll be going into the luxury tax. Yeah, and I, I mentioned in my article today uh, that can be found on CelticsDirect.com. You guys are awesome. There was a ton and ton of hits. I was getting notifications all day. But anyways, and I had mentioned, you know, I don't know how much leverage Danny's going to have with this. Obviously, everyone knows that you're going to have to make a move to make cap room for Hayward. So, yes, Avery Bradley, Jay, and Smart all have value. But when it comes down to it, it's all about leverage. And Danny, unless you're starting to say, well, maybe what if we start packaging these players? And I wouldn't rule that out because, A, that could get you a more info, impactful player due to salary. And, B, um, you know, it could get get you more leverage. Ooh, we've got some news. Yeah, I just read in. So, um, Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted that earlier. They were talking about moving these – Smart, Jay, and Bradley, um, and trades we're discussing. So the latest is, I haven't read this yet, uh, the Jazz and Celtics discussed on Wednesday possibility of including Crowder into a signing trade agreement for Hayward. League sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski. Ultimately, Hayward himself will have to agree to a signing trade, which could be perceived as a farewell gift to the Jazz franchise. Yippee for them. Yeah. That drafted. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Crowder would actually, I mean, Hayward technically doesn't have to do this. This is more about helping out the Celtics than it is for the Jazz. But Crowder wouldn't be a terrible consolation prize for the Jazz since Hayward's going to leave anyways. So that makes sense for both sides. Yeah, and um, definitely this wasn't the first time. Um, you know, I love to give Wodge credit because I, I think Wodge does a great job, as we all do. But uh, Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune um, has done also a great job of covering this whole story. And he was the first one a few hours ago to mention this. Um, and he had mentioned that Hayward would have to agree to this um, in order to make it work. I'm not quite sure what he meant by that other than just agreeing to it. But I, you know, maybe this means he's taking a little uh, less money. I don't know. Um, I know Keith Smith put something out there in regards to this that, he would have to take less money. I don't think he would, but uh, I don't think Hayward would have I mean, to take less money. Yeah, I'm gonna try to find this tweet here. Um, you know, this is what this is what always makes me laugh. You know, a lot of people go, "Oh, the salary cap, the salary cap," and then just when you think everybody has a salary cap figured out, next thing you know, there's some there's something that no one didn't see or someone forgot about, and it's it's funny how it works out. I mean, the NBA salary cap. I've always said you need like a doctorate to figure this thing out because it just, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, a lot of smart people put these things together, but yeah, I mean, the, man, it's, it's there's hard. a few guys who really do have the salary cap nailed down to like the final dollar, like danger cart and a few other Celtics people. But even, even danger cart, he sort of realized today, he's like, Oh shit. Like they can do a sign and trade. So there are some things that definitely fly under the radar. Yeah. And you know, there's definitely interesting, um, you know, it, it would make sense to do a sign and trade 
if it's less money, I don't know. There would have to be a benefit for the Celtics because, you know, let's just say a Jay Crowder for a Hayward, and I don't even know if that salary cap would work. I don't think it would, but wouldn't make too much sense. You know, there would have to be some benefit of doing a signing trade, whether it's less money, you know. Um, what what not, do you mean Jay Crowder for Hayward doesn't make much sense? Well, I mean, it makes, I mean, obviously we do Jay Crowder for Gordon Hayward, but say, no, I'm, we're just going to sign Gordon Hayward. Why? We're not going to deal you, Jay Crowder. Well, they still you need, know, if, they still need if to you make get an offer better than someone else. Right. But you could get, trade Jay Crowder to any other team. So they would, you know, the Jazz would have to spice up the offer. Why, why, why are you going to the Jazz? That's so important. You got Hayward. It's not like you need to trade him to the Jazz. Well, I just think maybe the Celtics just care about creating space and maybe they don't think Crowder's value around the league is that high, even though, I don't know, I think they could get something for him, but maybe they, they just are more concerned about creating space than they are about getting something for Crowder. Right, and um, so I was just reading another cap guy, Keith Smith, um, you know, someone asked if there are any restrictions on the sign-in trade and, you know, in, in any sign-in trade, and he said, must be at least three years. Obviously, the deal would be three, four years. First year has to be fully guaranteed. That's not an issue. Can't be for more than player um, can get by signing with new team outright. So then he said, so said, someone said, so he can't sign for the five-year max. He goes, that is correct. A player cannot get more money or years. So certainly wouldn't be getting more. So the benefit of Hayward doing this is zero. Uh, I mean, he helps out his new team, or he helps uh, he, he helps out both teams basically because he helps the Celtics able be able to create space, and he helps the Jazz get a player instead of just losing him for nothing. Right? Yeah. There's so many things going on. Um, I think we this is interesting. I mean, it's just a late development as we're doing this, and it seems that there's been some talk about. Obviously, we've been talking about this. But this thing has been picking up steam over the last few hours. Um, and I wonder where this is going to go. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. The problem with the Celtics, and it's a great problem to have, is all three players have value here. You're not, there's not one player. Usually it almost seems like there's always one player that you know, oh, yeah, you can just, you can just dump them. You know, you can just, yeah, trade them. But, you know, Smart is obviously young. Yes, he's a restricted free agent, but he's young. Bradley is probably has the most impact out of I think Bradley has the most impact uh between the three, but Bradley is injury prone. And most importantly, he's a re- unrestricted free agent next season. And then you got Jay, who's probably the most valuable trade wise just because of his contract and his versatility. But you have almost three Jay Crowders now. You know, so it's like, you know, you could go in either Either player or all the players that Danny could trade, you could say, you could see why he would want to keep or would want to trade one of those. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely want to keep smart, even though he's been floated around as a possible name, just because he has the most room for improvement and most upside. Because he's already like a really good, versatile defender and he's shown flashes where his offense is pretty damn good. So if he could get a bigger role and some more minutes, then I think he could be a very good player for us, but uh, I think Crowder and Bradley are probably the most likely to be traded. I saw Bradley, Bradley's name get floated around as a possible trade to the Kings for someone like 
Willie Cauley Stein, which I would love because he fits an immediate need with rim protection and rebounding. And he could probably start at center this year and move Crowder to power forward. And then you have a pretty solid lineup. If you did something like Isaiah smart Hayward and Horford and Willie Cauley Stein with guys like Rozier, Jalen Tatum, Zizich. I mean, maybe you even keep Crowder and have him come off the bench, be six man, who knows, but you would have a really deep team if you somehow made that happen. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, ideally, you could keep all of them, and there is a situation where I don't think it's going to happen at this point, but you can technically keep all three and sign Hayward. There is one one situation, um, and it's um, Hayward sign and trade. You know, would work if they stash Yabuselli, which I don't think is an issue at this point because I don't see him playing on this team this year. Um, and send Rogier and Demetrius Jackson. Well, I mean, I want to send Rogier, but if you could keep all those other three, it might be worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. You still, you still have to end up paying Smart uh, two of the two or one of the three out of it Smart and Avery Bradley. So you could technically keep them, but you'd probably be getting nothing for them at the trade deadline, or you'd just be letting them walk in free agency if you couldn't sign one of them. So you do kind of have to think, seriously consider about trading either Avery Bradley, Crowder, or Smart. Or all three. Uh, yeah, I mean, the return would have to be significant for me because right. well, Crow- be Crowder still has a lot, of, a lot of money left on his contract. And you can consider Smart's contract since I think he will be a restricted free agent. But Avery Bradley, he's uh, unrestricted, so you don't have much leverage with him. Yeah, I mean, that's a, if Avery Bradley had another year under his contract, to me, I would say, no, you got to keep Bradley because even to me, a one year or two years of Bradley is worth a ton. I want to yeah. see it. Ideally, you'd like to see Bradley as the two guard because I don't like how I don't like smart stepping into that role because then your offense goes down a little bit, a little bit, not too much, but a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I mean, the shoot, the shooting wouldn't be there. Avery would be perfect in this in this offense next to Isaiah and Hayward and Horford because he'd be a pretty damn good fourth option and he'd be able to do his thing on defense pretty well since he wouldn't have as much pressure on offense now. Yeah, and um, you know, a little thing here, not too much. I thought it was interesting. I always love oh, who's responding to who. But Jay Crowder hasn't said a damn thing about Hayward. Not one thing. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's a good guy. Why? Why would he say something about his new teammate? No, not bad. But like, he hasn't said like tweeted like welcome or anything. And smart did right away. Um, I mean, I think you know. Avery, I don't think Crowder's Avery's not dumb. on Twitter. <laughs> I think no, and well, that's what I think. You know, maybe Smart's dumb and he doesn't realize he could be traded. But yeah, I mean, I still think Smart has. He could easily you know. get traded, but I still think he's least likely of the three. So I, I think he knows that the Celtics really yeah. value him long term and they would have to take something kind of significant for them to trade him. Now, there was one player that and I mentioned it earlier um, and I just mentioned him really just because he's the really only the name we've heard yet. Um, you know, and it was a really a loose rumor by Chris Maddox. He kind of worded it very loosely because I don't think he really, you know, wanted to put that out there as an official report, but. You know, Marcus Saul's an, a, a name to keep an eye on. 
And, you know, Marcus Saul is a 7 1 center. He is 32. He does have some injury problems. But look, I mean, he'd be perfect on this team. The problem is, is he has a $22 million salary. So now you're thinking about you would have to trade pretty much all three just to match salary. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I would be hesitant. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Grizzlies are looking to go young now that they've lost some of their their core to that grid and grind team. But I don't know. Gasol doesn't make that much sense from a Celtics standpoint either. I mean, he'd be a really good fit schematically with this team, but his salary is huge and he's kind of old with injuries. So if you're going to pay some, if you're going to pay someone that $20 million, I mean, if you're going to pay a guy with injury problems, that $20 million, why not just pay Avery Bradley? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, although Avery Bradley, I mean, yes, he's very good, but I mean, the biggest he's also like 10 years younger <laughs> right but the biggest need for this team is obviously rebounding and yeah not only rebounding but defense you also need a guy who can pass he did uh marcus all did did shoot a little more from downtown as it seems a lot of bigs are trying to that now as the league is going that way look i mean i love marcus all i know he's had his issues um but i think he would be fantastic on the celtics the problem is the salary, and I just don't see how you – even let's just say it was those three straight up for Gasol. It would be tough just because, I mean, you're trading three – just the quantity. You're trading three players off your roster for one. But, you know, you had to think, well, what do we have a better shot of winning with? Those three guys or maybe – you're going to have to trade one of them. So really, like two guys or and pay them or – you know, Gasol. Yeah, I mean... And then Gasol... It's not a bad option because then, yes, Gasol's salary is high. And next year could get a little dicey. But after that, Gasol's done. He's 34. It's not like he's 32 and he signed for the next five years. He's 32 and signed for the next two. So you you try to... You trade for him and see what he is, see what he's got, and then you cut bait two years after. And then no harm done. Really no harm done. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you va- how you look at those three guys, I, I still is what it comes. Down I still to. value Smart's potential a lot because I still think he could be a really good player. So, if you're giving up those three for Gasol, I mean, you're still not beating the Warriors. I, I I said earlier that I like our chances better against the Cavs, but you're still not the favorite against the Cavs. So no, yeah, you so would I be. I think you would be if you got Gasol. No, I think you, that would put you over the top. You still, he, you still wouldn't be because LeBron James is LeBron James. Let's be honest. I mean, I said I like our chances against the Cavs better because of Hayward, but we're still definitely not the favorites on paper. I mean, LeBron's made the past six finals or seven finals, and you can say yeah. the competition is weak all you want. It was weak, but he still makes seven finals because he starts dropping like triple doubles. So you're, you're definitely not the favorite as long as LeBron James is playing against you. It would be really, really close, and I think – the deal would be, I think the thing with it is you look at the series last year, and yes, it pretty much was a blowout. I know they won game three, but it was a blowout after that. But they did win one game, and now you're adding two All-Stars, plus you're adding, I, I want to say you're adding Isaiah Thomas. But look, Isaiah Thomas was all but done in that once that series came around. I think we kind of know that now. Um. You know, and you can't just say, well, yeah, but it's still, we know what it was. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was a huge impact on this team last year. I mean, I, I, I love to give, and now you got I love to give Isaiah credit more, for playing through that injury, but like he was playing fine with the injury against the Wizards. And then 
all of a sudden it's it's solely because of the injury that he's not playing well against the Cavs. I mean, come on now, like that that's kind of bullshit. I mean, I would say it is, but I mean, they're still talking where we haven't like, you know, he's progressing and they haven't like officially ruled out surgery. I mean, he was definitely hurt. I no, he was definitely hurt, but like he was playing fine with the injury against the Wizards. So I'm not going to say it was all because of the injury that he wasn't playing well against the Cavs. It definitely, it factored Wait, in, yeah. but it wasn't like the end all be all. But I think if, I don't know, I think if you got Gordon Hayward and you got Marcus All, I, I think you'd give the Cavs a series. It would be series an interesting series. You're still not the favorite. For sure. You're maybe not, but I mean, you're, you're splitting. I think the fact that you're splitting hairs, you know, is a good thing. Yeah. And, but my main point is that you still like, if you're going to trade those young guys like Smart or Bradley, specifically Smart, to, to go all in to try to win now. I mean, I, it's not technically going all in on the way, but you're still sacrificing a potential future player in Smart. So it, it's somewhat trading a future piece to to win now. So you're still not going to beat the Warriors. So that's just me. I, I personally, I don't want to give up Smart because Gasol doesn't really... He doesn't really extend your ceiling, so I just wouldn't want to give up smart for that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think he would extend your ceiling a little bit, but the biggest thing is, is, and Asherod Blakely of CSNNE said this, you know, this all comes down to the value of each player and not Marcus Law. I'm talking to each of the three. You know, if they trade smart, and we, I know we value smart over here and some more than others. I know we don't, like, way the heck overvalue them. But, you know, if someone wants to get stupid with them, well, then, yeah, you don't need to trade for Gasol. But if you're shopping all these guys around and you turns out, well, yeah, they have value, but not that much. Well, then why not just package all three and you might as well just get some impactful player? Because you're going to have to move many. You're going to have to move at least one anyways. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, so, if you package smart in a deal with Crowder and Bradley, you better be getting a significant player who's going to be on the Celtics for a while. Because I mean, they can they can control Smart's future with the Celtics. They can mash an offer on him, and he could end up being a really good player, especially if he comes into a role where he doesn't have as much pressure on offense, and he's just allowed to be their lockdown defender. So he could be very good for the Celtics long term. So I don't want to just package him him in some deal just to sort of clear cap space and maybe get some sort of good player. Yeah, and it's certainly interesting that you know. Uh, Alex Kennedy of Basketball Insiders to put this out, and I think a lot of people are kind of just assuming they'll trade for a player. But what if they just traded for whether it's picks or just a, they're not just going to clear cap room. So it would be for maybe a first round pick, or as we all know, Ainge loves those free agent. There are some good ones out there. Um, I had mentioned at the beginning of the off season, even before the one guy I liked was uh, Deadman. From the Spurs, you know, the Warriors were interested in him if Iguodala doesn't sign. Um, and obviously he did, but, you know, that tells me something. I'm sorry, but when Pop, when Greg Popovich is interested in the player and now the Warriors, that sparks my interest. Yeah, I would like Deadman a lot, whether he, he tried to start at center or he just came off the bench as a big guy. I, I would like him. I mean, it depends if you could really get him on what contract, like if, if you sign right. him to a minimum, then I, I could see him. He'd be like, oh, well, why don't I just sign with the Cavs or the Warriors for the minimum? But if he yep. signed for a mid-level exception and you offered him like $8 million for one year, which I think that's the mid-level exception, then I, I could see him taking that. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, Deadman is, uh, you know, I think he's a pretty young player. He's 27, so he's not that young, but it's not like he's 35. Um, you know, seven feet, 245. That's pretty. That's a pretty big uh, guy that would be great to put right in the middle of the paint. And another guy, I know I'm just throwing out names, but another guy um, that Scal said, um, you know, is Vucevic. And I never thought of him, you know, but, you know, looking at his numbers, he's averaged a double-double last year. He's from Orlando Magic. He's 26 years old. He's got a very good contract, $12 million, so very reasonable. You know, Orlando's not going anywhere. So I think if you could offer them a decent package, whether it's Crowder and Smart, you know, for Vucevic, now he's 26. That that would be worth it, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, packaging those players together for Vucevic isn't worth it because, I mean, one of those guys alone has been Vucevic. I mean, no offense. Vucevic, like, he had good numbers, but I talk to Magic fans who say he's widely overrated and that it's merely a product of him being, like, the only big guy on the team getting those numbers. So I wouldn't get him for that salary and trade two of those players just to get Vucevic. I'd rather trade... Avery Bradley for Willie Cauley-Stein and do that. I mean, Vucevic, he'd, he'd be a good rebounding fit. But besides that, I mean, I'm not paying him that salary and trading both those players for him. Yeah, I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein, I agree. That would be, you know, outside of not to go back, but outside of like Porzingis or someone. But Willie Cauley-Stein would be an awesome, awesome pickup. Uh, young, big, physical big. And like you said, the salary's reasonable, but I don't, I know the Kings are stupid, but they seem to, they've signed a few veterans here and I doesn't seem like they're uh, just going away with this year. They have a log jam at the big uh, power forward and center though, because they just signed Randolph and they have uh, like Papianis as center. They have Scallop this year, who also Scallop this year, I would also take in a trade and maybe it takes less to get him. Maybe they value Willie Colley Stein over him. So I would also take him because he can fill somewhat of a rebounding need and he kind of fits the Celtics system more than Colley Stein because he can space the floor more than him and he's a better offensive threat. Yeah, and I think another thing, keep one last thing to keep an eye on, um, and that was mentioned earlier, although it looks like it's just going to be a flat-out sign, but, um, you know, getting Jahil Okafor, which I know a lot of people would say, oh, God, no, please no. Yeah, that's uh, me for uh, Amir, but if you can get, you know, I mean, if you can get Jahil Okafor for pretty much nothing, I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, what's nothing, though? I, he's still, you know, what's nothing? You're going to have to give up a player. Well, it'd be a sign, if you're if it was a signing trade with uh, for Amir. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the only... Which was the report. Maybe that's the only thing that I consider, but I don't know. I don't want Jahil Okafor. He's... He's a bum. He seems like he just isn't competitive, doesn't want to be there. I kind of don't want that player on my team. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see – I'm not saying, oh, please do it, but I'm not going to – I wouldn't be down on it, you know, especially for that. If you're really not giving up much. I just um, – You are talking about a top three pick just a few years ago. He is an offensive big. Uh, we know Danny loves those. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the attitude either. I mean, he's a, um, he's an offensive big, but he can't do anything outside of like five feet. He's he has a terrible shot. He can only really score inside. He's basically the opposite type of player that you need in today's NBA. Yeah, it, it would uh, definitely 
you know, it would be a question mark of him coming in here. But if you're going to trade for a player with a question mark like that, you know, the best way to do it, obviously, is not to give up as little as possible. Um, I just saw a story um, from the Salt Lake Tribune. Again, Tony Jones, um, who had originally kind of started this Hayward sign-in trade deal. I mean, I'm not worried about, you know, obviously Gordon Hayward's coming here. So, I mean, that's the best part of this. But, um, you know, he's now saying, let's see if this could add a load. Uh, okay, so the Utah Jazz and Celtics are in ongoing talks over signing trade that involves Gordon Hayward getting a max deal and Jay Crowder coming to Utah. Uh, let's see. Okay, league source says, and then I think that's, a, oh, okay, asked about the possibility. Jazz general manager Dennis Lindsay declined to discuss the option. Yeah, it's really nothing. That's in the latest. Well, no, that that more just that center around Jay, which look that makes sense. No matter whether they, whether he goes to the Jazz or somewhere else, between Tatum and Bradley and Gordon Hayward, I where's Jay going to play? I know he said the four. Um, you know, but that's that's I don't think that's the best option. Uh, here, especially considering Jay does have some value that you could get something for him. I mean, if if they're going to keep, Why? if they do end up keeping Jay, Jay can definitely play the four. I mean, I know we disagree, but Jay Crowder is really strong, and if you put him at the four, you're a really good team defensively. You sacrifice a little bit of rebounding, but by doing that, you get better defensively and you get better offensively because with him as the fourth or even roster, that's pretty damn good. And with him being able to switch onto twos, threes, fours, even smaller fives, just I mean. He can switch on to a center. He's not going to like win the battle, but it's not like a complete mismatch like a smaller player like a guard switching on to a center would be. So you'd be really good defensively and offensively while maybe sacrificing rebounding because we were still, we weren't good rebounding team last year and putting Jay at the four versus Amir isn't really going to change that. You're still going to need team team rebounding from Crowder, Hayward, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Smart, you're gonna, you're still gonna need team rebounding no matter who you get. So, I wouldn't hate putting Crowder at the four. I know you disagree about him playing there like full time. To me, full time for him is like 26 minutes, which it's not that crazy considering that's basically what Amir did. Yeah, I mean Jay, Jay could certainly play the four. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Jalen at the four. Oh, I, um, I Jalen's not strong enough yet. I mean. Uh, the reason I put he's Crowder, not, but I, the reason I put Crowder ahead. there is because he's already built and he he's shown that he can guard fours more consistently. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see Jay here long term. So, you know, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a veteran off the bench like Jay to come in, whether it's to at the end, of, not at the end of games. I'm going to say just coming at the end of the game, but you know, that is the one problem with the Celtics bench right now. And it's not that big of a problem, but it is young. And what's going to happen is, is all those guys going to be on the floor at once, you know, playing with each other? Because as of right now, it would be, you know, this is projected, but Rogier, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Zizic. I mean, it doesn't really, there's not much of a veteran presence there at all. There is no veteran presence. Yeah, I mean, I would like so, to see them, I would like to see them target some guys in the free agency that are left to sort of, play a bench role for a little small money. Yeah. 
I still think it would be, uh, it won't happen. But uh, I think it would be awesome if, if Paul Pierce had said, oh, yeah, I'll sign for one more year for nothing. Uh, I mean, I love Paul. Just I that. love Paul Pierce. And That'd be fun. But he is, he's basically, he can't contribute much. So, oh, yeah, no, but it, be, it, it would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. I mean, I hope he's around the team. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And um, I think the last Celtics move um, of the offseason will, not like I'm breaking any news here, but will be that one day contract with him retiring. Yeah, they're going to do that at some point after they figure everything out. And now that, that will once that happens, that will be the that that'll be it for the offseason. Yeah, it will be. That'll uh, be like the official marker. Yeah, and uh Tony Jones, I did miss this. Um, you know, he said sources this was before his article. Sources of the potential Celtics targets, Jazz prefer Crowder, they need a three slash four, and that they've been talking throughout the day. So I don't know. This this seems like it's picking up some steam here. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, if Woj reports it, it seems like it's definitely it. legit. Oh, yeah. And um, look, I wouldn't rule out packaging more than one. I, I, look, I don't like Jay Crowder. I made that very clear, as you know. Um, but he's not a he's not a bum by any means. And I don't want to just give him away for a first round pick unless, you know, unless because the Jazz are going to be good. They're not going to be as good, obviously, because they don't have. Um, you know, Hayward, of course, but you know, the jazz are going to be good enough that a first round pick from them isn't going to mean much right now. Uh, I mean, a first round pick would be fine by me. They're not going to be a playoff team now. I mean, probably not. Um, it would depend, I guess, but you know, you know, is there any protections and the list goes on? Um, and also I, I don't know how the numbers would work. Um, you know, if it was the, if it was Crowder just in a signing trade, I, I'm not sure how that would work. And like I said, every time we try to figure out the salary cap, I get a headache and it's just not worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait to see what they actually get back. Yeah. So I guess if, let's just make one final prediction. Um, who gets moved and what kind of player or do they not get anything back? Uh, I mean, Danny Ainge is crazy, so I could really see it being any of the three. But if I had to rank them, I would say, I would say, basically, just based off this recent report by Woj, I would say number one most likely is Crowder because of the position and he helps clear the salary. Number two is Avery because he has the highest salary and he's a free agent in the year. And number three is Smart. And they probably, if it's the Jazz, they target some sort of, they they target a, whether it be a pick or some sort of young player, or if it's somewhere else, then it's some kind of big man like Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, I I agree with the order there. Um, you know, earlier I honestly would have said probably Bradley first, but um, you know, just due to these reports, it seems that it will be. Uh, foolish not to choose Crowder first, then Bradley, then Smart. But honestly, I think it's pretty close between those three. We're gonna have to see what happens. Look, you never, you never rule anything out with Danny Ainge. That doesn't mean no, he's gonna make a big trade. I'm saying if anyone can get creative, it's it's Danny, um, good or bad. But yeah, def- definitely. 
Um, you know, that pretty much wraps it up. Make sure to check out CelticsDirect.com. You have some great posts coming up. Uh, I'm already posted about the Gordon Hayward signing. Of course, as soon as anything happens here, we'll have something posted um, as well. We also are selling merchandise. Get your 7-Eleven open 24 hours a day. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum um, merchandise, which the value is going up day by day. Summer League by Summer League game. Um, Jason Tatum at 23 and 10 tonight. So get those shirts. You also, of course, have the IT shirts. Um, and check us out on Twitter at Celtics Direct. You can check me out at BeStrong415. I am constantly retweeting NBA basketball news, as Trevor will attest to. Um, and Trevor, what is your Twitter handle? You keep uh, changing it. It's, it's at T Paranello, T P A R R I N E L L O. And there you go. So you can check him out, check me out, and of course, uh, follow Celtics Direct on Twitter. And uh, for all your latest news, and we'll keep it uh, keep it going through the off season and into a very exciting 2017-2018 season. Yeah. See you guys later. See you later.